Unashamed, the recovery podcast. Where we are breaking the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery. One episode at a time. By having real conversations about real recovery. Hello, recovery family, and welcome to another episode of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Josh, and I am a recovering addict that celebrates uh, 20, well, celebrates recovery from a 20-year porn and sex addiction. Uh, on today's episode, we bring you a, another guest to discuss another tool for overcoming addiction and for recovery. At the center of what the Unashamed Recovery Podcast is about is breaking that stigma and shame of addiction and recovery. And we do that by having honest and having real conversations with real people in real recovery. And like our episode today. And it is a proven fact that we heal once the shame is gone and shame dies when we share in safe places. And I hope that this podcast is a safe place for all, for those who are sharing and for those that are listening. There is healing in sharing our secrets and our stories of addiction, trials and our powerlessness, and even more healing in hearing how others have recovered through their own stories, or like our guest today, sharing recovery tools and methods like I mentioned, we do have a guest with us today. He is the owner of Caldwell Counseling Center out of Houston, Texas. He holds a Master's of Arts and Professional Counseling degree and is a licensed chemical dependency counselor, certified clinical supervisor of alcohol and drug counselor, and a certified clinical trauma professional. He has experience working with individuals who have difficulties with substance abuse or abuse and other behavioral and relationship matters. My guest today is Mr. Dan Caldwell. He has secured years of experience working in the recovery community as a professional in detox, uh, a group and individual counseling settings, and has been a part of the recovery community for more than a decade. So Dan, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy day and I know your day is busy uh, thanks for taking that time to come by and talk with me and my recovery family uh, just a lot of thanks and appreciation Dan I, I surely do appreciate it hey you're welcome I'm happy to do it and I appreciate what you're doing allowing you know people to have this avenue um, you know, that's a fancy title, the way you describe me. I'm just a dude in recovery, man, that happens to be a counselor. Right? Yeah. Uh, sounds fancy, and, and, and I, I've done all these things, but, but the reality is I'm just a dude that's like everybody else in recovery. I just happen to be fortunate to make it a career um, and, and blessed to, to continue to help those just like people help me. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. Um, I know you and I spoke about, uh, you know, topic of conversation and, and, and we settled on uh, 
my personal slogan for my, my counseling center is discover your pathway to recovery. Because one thing I, I, I've learned as a person in recovery and as, as a professional in the recovery industry is, you know, we try to fit square pegs into round holes all the time and say, this is what recovery is. You do this yeah. and everything's okay. Right. But, but what if I can't do that? Um, I, I mean, there's the, you know, I, I can tell you from experience what works best for most, most often when it comes to drug and alcohol addiction and treatment is treatment of some kind, right. And followed by aftercare, followed by a 12 step engagement, followed by counseling or, you know, included counseling and psychiatry were needed. However, not everybody can get that. Not everybody can, whether it be financially, whether it be, you know, whether some people just, and this is probably going to get a lot of backlash. Some people don't vibe with AA or NA or CA or AAA or MBA or whichever one you try to go to, right? There's one more, but I'll leave it off. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, I know for me, I'll just share with you, I sobered up through AA. I could have gone to, do you have an anything anonymous, but they didn't have that at the time that I was aware of, but I think they do now actually. Uh, but that being said, I found a home there and it worked for me. Uh, now having said that, knowing what I know about treatment in that industry, I certainly could have benefited from treatment and counseling as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think that topic is fantastic. I, I think there's, there's not really one solid way that says this works for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that is something that I try to hit on a good bit on the podcast. For me, mm -hmm. uh, I struggled with porn and sex addiction, and I tried different routes. What eventually wound up working for me was a Christ-centered twelve-step recovery program that is Celebrate Recovery. Absolutely. Uh, and I talk about this. I actually talked about it on the episode I recorded yesterday. I talked about how. There, you know, if you get sober by a Christ-centered recovery group, that is fantastic. That is wonderful. But if you got sober by being in a jail cell, that is equally as great. Or if you found a holistic uh, approach through meditation, if that's what got you sober, that's great too. Mm -hmm. I, I talk about a Christ-centered recovery approach because that is what I did. That's my personal sure. experience. But I want people to know that, hey, if, if something else got you sober, then that is, you're no better than me. You're, you're just as sober as I am. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I believe that this is a great topic. Uh, like I was telling you before, I don't think we have discussed this on the show. I think this was kind of in line throughout the year to kind of do an episode. And so it, it kind of comes at a great time to go ahead and just cross it off the list and let's go ahead and talk about it. Cause I'm sure there's people out there that's got just dying to know, Hey, what does my path look like? And so, uh, Dan, what, what did your path of recovery look like? So my path was desperation <laughs> for starters. Um, that's where it began for me. I, I just, uh, you know, that's not, I, I say that I, I was desperate to, to have some changes. I didn't want to stop drinking or using dope. I just didn't want the consequence and I was tired. And one always came with the other. So my, my path was kind of chosen for me. I was broke. I didn't have insurance. So treatment, counseling, any of those things were really out of, out of the question for me. So my only option that I knew of, because I kind of went through this identity crisis of, I've been this dude that uses dope and drinks out of control all my life. 
I'm no longer that dude. So I, I don't want to be with these guys that don't do that because that's all I know. So that leaves me with one crowd, and that's these AA guys. It's free. You know, you, you throw a dollar in when you can in the basket, and that's what worked for me. I, I went and I made that my – I mean, that's all I had. And, and, and you know, luckily for me, that, that ended up working. Um, I know the value of a 12-step program, regardless of Celebrate Recovery, AA, NA, whatever it is you find, those 12, that 12-step 12 model works. Um, but it's just the whole, you know, that like every other road I've, I've seen professionally or personally in recovery, everybody's heavily opinionated about what works for them. And hey, great, it, it works for you. you. You know, I'm an AA guy, but I know that that's not the only way. Even that literature clearly states, we're not, we're not it. Be sure to make use of what's out there, right? And, and to me, that always stuck. Like, why wouldn't you want to use whatever else is out there to help you? You know, I have clients involved in the 12-step program whose sponsors, they tell me, get upset because I have them reading something other than the big book. Well, why wouldn't you want, right? I'm not telling you to put the big book down, don't read yeah. that. I'm, I'm just saying, add this too. Right. There's a, there's a, why would you not want to be in support of anything that helps you? I, That's right. And it's trial and error. You, you know, for yeah. me, it was just trial and error. Yeah. Um, that's like, uh, like I said, uh, I'm involved with Suburb Recovery and that's a Christ Center repro uh, Recovery sure. Program. And it blows my mind, but I hear it all the time where yeah. sponsors will, Tell their sponsees, no, you don't need to go see a therapist. Just pray. All the time. Just I'm... pray. And it blows my mind. I just uh... All you need right here is this, <laughs> this 12 and 12 or big book. That's it. I, and look, and I get it. I yeah. do. I, I, it worked for me. I, I'm a 12-step I'm a guy. I get yeah. it. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy sponsors are out there doing what they do. Man, that's how it works. But it just, same as you, as I'll use your words, it blows my mind too, that someone, if someone comes to me and says, I think I'm going to give Celebrate Recovery a try, my first thought is, that, well, why would you do that? Uh, it's like, hey, man, go, that's right, go do yeah. it. Smart Recovery, Refuge Recovery, whatever it is, give it a try. Yeah. It'll either yeah. work or it won't. Yeah. I, I mean, what I found that works really good is a combination of programs, meaning I like to have my people, those that are willing to have a 12-step foundation, right? Have that social support that that, whether it's Celebrate Recovery, AA, I, like I say, I don't care where, that's up to them, right? Yeah. Whatever they vibe with. But also mix in some of the concrete things they can do, like Smart Recovery teaches, CBT teaches, right? Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things give you concrete tools to use. Excuse me. I had an attorney come to me and say, you know, I, I'm going to AA and I, I like the support, but I need to know something I can do besides read this book. When I have a craving, what can I do? And that's the stuff CBT and Smart Recovery teaches. So if you could yeah. get your foundation in whatever program you like, it can't hurt to mix in some, there's some wonderful programs and therapies out there. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you know, that's with me. I built my foundation inside Celebrate Recovery. I've got my foundation centered around my higher power. And now I'm incorporating all these different aspects Absolutely. into my recovery. I'm going, I'm seeing a therapist twice a month. 
I'm going and I'm taking meditation courses and I'm doing med- meditative work and I'm doing all these other things to build on top of that foundation that I've built inside sober recovery. And that's the most key part, whatever you're doing, I think, and this is just coming from me. I think whatever you're doing, whether it be a 12 step program or whether it be the CBD, build that foundation and then build off of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, a crucial part of it. Uh, and so I don't know. It's just, uh, no, no. Well, <laughs> going back, you know, to, going back to what I was talking about, it just blows my mind how people will tell people don't do that. Well, you know, you mentioned meditation and, and I'm a big believer in, in making a program your own, right? So yeah. the way I look at it here in Houston, we have an enormous highway system, right? There's five or six major highway systems, right? And we have one downtown. And, and for me, my well-being is my downtown. And whether I jump on Highway 290, Interstate 10, Highway 44, whichever one I choose to take, I may take one one day and one the next. I'm still headed to my downtown, to my, to my well-being, right? So it's about taking things that I've been in fear of, like meditation in particular. I was scared to death of meditation. When I got into this 12-step program, they said, you know, you got to pray and meditate. I'm like, well, I can't do really either. Because when I start to pray, I feel like I got to say thee and thou and all these things that are super foreign to me, right? And I was fortunate I had a Native American gentleman as my first sponsor. And he's like, man, we live our life in prayer. Well, that resonated with me. Like, I, I don't have to speak it, I live it. And, and that, re- that really resonated with me. He said, just communicate. That opened my door for that. But the meditation, I felt like I had, I had this mental image of, of some dude, you know, hovering about six inches off the ground, Indian style, all, mm, right? And I could never do that. And I couldn't yeah. even wrap my head around it. To this day, guided meditations, they're not my thing. I, I, they work for a lot of people. But they're just not for me. So what happened just organically in my process was I found that I like to walk outside in nature, whether it be big pond, small lake, I don't know what you really want to call these things. But as I'm walking and I'm listening to my headphones and I'm, you know, I got black label society, and you're like, well, how can that be meditation? But what I found was, you know, when I'm walking, I'm not worried about anything but that music and what's around me. I'm in the moment. I'm present. And I'm relaxed afterwards. And if that's not meditation, I don't know what is. Runners will tell you it's running, right? People that work out will tell you it's that. So it's finding what's out there and making it yours, but doing it is the key. Action. And I'm all about action. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget uh, when I first got into recovery, I was a part of uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous. And Mm -hmm. my sponsor there actually told me that uh, when praying is when we are talking to God, when Mm -hmm. we're meditating, that's when God is talking, when we're listening to God, to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So I think whatever you're doing that connects you, that gives you that sense of enough stillness, Mm -hmm. enough peace to be able to connect with your higher power like that. For me, you know what I do? I like to uh, to draw, awesome. and so what I do is I'll get out a piece of paper and I'll just sit there and you know sketch out something while I am meditating over the a script a verse of the day. I have mm-hmm. a, a daily verse app 
that's on my phone. And I'll read that first thing in the morning. And so while I'm sitting there sketching out something on a piece of paper, I'll just kind of be going over that verse repeatedly and, and seeing where that takes me. And yeah, after I'm that's done. That's awesome. Yeah, after I'm done, like you said, I have that sense of peace and just uh, overall relaxation. So yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think we get caught up on uh, labels. You know, Absolutely. Oh man, it's meditation, so it must be this. I mean, so dude, you're yeah. spot on there. You know, yeah. one of the things I tell my people is when I'm talking. When, first off, I hate the word addict, and I hate the. I, I just I, I I don't. You dirty drug addict, like, are you dirty sex addict? I, I don't like that word. I I know it's it, people use it in the profession and and, and everywhere, but <clears throat> to me, either use or you don't. It either creates problems or it doesn't. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but. It's just got such a negative connotation to it. The language matters and, and labels matter. But I think you're, you're spot on there with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the, um, you know, I live up to this. I often see people who will say I'm bipolar. That's why I did this. And I'm like, really? Because tell me about that. When were you diagnosed? And they will say something, you know, I don't know, high school. Well, these guys are 40 or 50 years old, right? And they, they say, well, yeah. I, I take medication. Well, who prescribes it? You know, my, my family doctor, well, okay, so you, you were just, you were prescribed, you were diagnosed, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. It, it, it's, the symptoms aren't bipolar, but that's what we label it as. And that's in some cases, so we live up to that label a lot of times. And that's with like alcoholic or drug addict. You know, I'm a person in long-term recovery. Don't get me wrong. When I'm, when I'm at one of those places, a meeting place, I respect what they, what they do. And I respect where I'm at. And if I'm at an AA meeting, I'm Dan, I'm an alcoholic. I don't need to be, it was taught early on. I don't need to be what's called an ANDA, meaning Dan, an alcoholic and an addict. Yeah, that's part of my story, but I don't have to, I don't have to express that to you for it yeah. to be my story. It's still my story, right? So yeah. it's, I'm respectful of those kinds of things. And, and with the meditation, one of the things we used to do in our ILP group, so give you an example of two separate, completely separate separate deals. My, my colleague who I worked with for many years would do a guided meditation and people loved it. And you'd walk in there and they're all relaxed, laid out on the floor. Right. And they loved it. Yeah. When I would do it. I would do something exactly what you're talking about with, I would do what's called an I am exercise where I made them list 25 positive characteristics of self. And then I would give them like a, a mandala to color. Right. So they could, they could concentrate, just process that I am list. While yeah. they're just color, I love that, man. So neither one of us were wrong, and it worked for our same groups. Both love, you know, each thing. So it's really finding what works for you. That's right, most definitely. And yeah, that goes back to the same thing of picking your path to recovery. What That's works right. for you is kind of, I mean, it's, it's on that same path. Well, it's the thing is, is, it's action. I mentioned earlier, I'm about action because look, I don't care what you do, do something. You can't tell me it doesn't work if you're not doing something, um, you know, and if you do the same things and expect different results, you know where that leads. I mean, you do the same things, you get the same things. I mean, it's, you know, um, well, you know not rocket science. From my first day in recovery, it has been drilled in my head that uh, recovery is about action. If you're not making progress, you are standing still and you're working on a relapse. Recovery yeah, I, I is mean, about action. 
you know, it is. And, and, and so what I tell my people I work with is, is we try to find what works for them. Right. And it's trial and error. And it, it's, you know, try this, let's do this. Let's mix this. Let's, let's try this. But it, 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 the thing is, is I just tell them, look, do something every day for your recovery. You know, there are people in the mindset that you have to go to some sort of meeting seven days a week for the rest of your life. And hey, man, more power to you. That That's phenomenal. If that's what works for you. I don't knock that in any way. I see nothing but value in that. But it's not for everybody. You know, yeah. and I, I'm going to be straight up with you. And this isn't a popular opinion at all. But going to seven meetings a week of any kind of meeting doesn't guarantee sobriety any more than going to one a week and guarantees failure. Right now, we know the more you go, the more you engage, the better your chances. Of yeah. course, I, I don't want to minimize that at all. But meetings are just a small part of what recovery program looks like, right? So, recovery is not doom and gloom, man. It, 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 it's exciting and it's new, but it's it, you just gotta you gotta. It's like anything else; it's a learned behavior, right? Yeah. It, it's something I have to learn how to do. I have to learn how to have fun. I have to learn to be comfortable in my own skin. I have to learn that it's it's look. I'm not defined by some poor choices I've made over my life. And in fact, today, those poor choices enable me to help hundreds of people, right? So and, and today it's a gift. It's not, it's not this bad, oh my, my gosh, I can't believe I did these things. But don't get me wrong, I'm not proud of them. I'm not yeah. proud of my behavior at, at growing up as, as, as a, with an addiction problem, right? But today, I, you know, I've heard it said that I'm not responsible for my addiction. Look, I'm like many other people. I started because I wanted to fit in, right, at some point. I fit in, and then what do you know? Hey, I like that. Then it became a problem over time to deal with yeah. my coping skills. At some point, it became such a problem, right? But I am responsible for my recovery 100%. You know, and that, that I am responsible for. I have a choice in that. Yeah. So most definitely. Yeah, man. yeah, that uh the uh what's that uh phrase that uh I'm not responsible for uh, oh that's it, I'm free to make the choice, but I'm not free from the consequence of that choice. It's kinda of on them same lines as that is, hey, yeah, I I did those things in when I was in uh in my active addiction, but okay. I've gotta make that choice. So well, yeah, 100%. You know, you hear that exact phrase come up when it comes to freedom of speech. Like, I'm free to say whatever I want as America. I'm not free from the consequence that comes with what I say, though. That's where people miss the boat, I think. Like, yeah. you know, if I, if I go to work and I tell my boss, hey, man, F you, I can do that. You sure I also can. can. I also can take what's coming after, right? Yeah. I, I mean that. That's how that works. So you know, I am free to choose. Though today, and today, you know, with knowledge comes the power of choice. Today, I know enough about you know whether you call it a disease, a disorder, a, you know, a, a, a maladaptive pattern, whatever you choose to call it, an issue, a concern. I, that's up to you. But once I've identified that that's the things I have and I got educated on what it is and how it works and, and what I can do, then it is up to me and I do have that power to do something different. It may be uncomfortable. You know, it's easy for me to say 10 and a half years, I'll just do this, do that. Right? I remember yeah. how, exactly how uncomfortable it was back in the day. And, and you know what? But it's, it's going through that is what causes growth. And I'm telling you today, I wouldn't trade my life for the world. 
to go back and use. I just wouldn't. It just, and it's not that it's, it's perfect. It's that it's, it's, it's just different and it's, it's different, better for once, not different, bad. <laughs> and you know, and I imagine there was probably a point in your recovery where you probably couldn't imagine going a single 24 hours without it. Now you're at a point where you can't imagine going back to it. And that's just amazing. <clears throat> The, that's right. You know, it, it's uh, in, in treatment and, and things, we like to do a lot of what we call goodbye letters, like goodbye to your addiction or goodbye to this or goodbye to that. They're really powerful, but I take more of a, I, I, I twist that around a little bit and I like to do like a hello letter. Hello to this new life, man. I, you know, they tell me that if I forget my last use or my last drink, I, I'm doomed to repeat it. And I would disagree with that because I would say it's because of that last use or drink. I, I definitely remember it. However, I also have that much more appreciation for what I've been given. And I don't want to lose that more than I want to remember that drink, if that makes sense. So yeah. I, it's just so gifted to be able to, it's the promises and the, you know, AA has such merit. I wish people really knew the merit of, of this group, these 12 steps. The promises say, one of the promises they offer is that I will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle me. Now coming in, that didn't mean a whole lot to me, but today I know how to deal with these things. I'm not perfect. I still get angry. I still act out. I still get upset. I still do all those things human beings are, are unable to do, but I don't, it doesn't control my life today. And, and, and you know, that, that's the key. And I'll just put it like this. I do it less than, less than I used to. Right. So, <laughs> you, you know, that's the beauty is I don't have to be perfect. I just not have to use dope or eat pills or, or drink alcohol for me. And, and let me be clear. I'm not anti-alcohol. I, I, that's not my stance. 80% of the world or 85, we feel like can drink regularly. Hey, knock yourself out. You do you, man. I'm not knocking yeah. that. Right. But there's 15%. And I'm one of those 15%. And when you're talking about, you know, millions and millions of people, 15% is a whole lot of folks. Oh, um, yeah. So I just want to be clear. I'm not anti-alcohol, but for those that, 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 you know, I proved time and time, I proved for 25 years that I just couldn't quit on my own. And no matter what I tried, I kept saying it would be different. It would be different. And it was always different. It got worse. But just like those promises said, man, I now today know how to handle situations that I just never could. And, and that may be something as simple as sitting in a crowd of people and feeling okay about myself. That's a big deal, man, for somebody like me. It's a big deal. Very big yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, I know you are a, a busy man. You got stuff you got to do. I just want to, to once again, thank you for coming by. Thanks yes, for sir. sharing on such a great topic. And, Dan, to show my appreciation, I want to just give you a few moments of an open mic. Uh, my show is yours. You have the chance to, uh, to say anything you want to say to that one person who may be listening that just needs to hear what you have to say. Mm. Just take, take a minute or so and just the show is yours, Dan. I appreciate that, man. That's, that's good stuff. So, so anybody out there that really – you know, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but, but there's no shame in getting help. And the shame is in knowing you have a problem and not getting help. And, and you know, it, it, get the help that's out there. there there's something out there. Um, you know, take it with a grain of salt, meaning everybody's passionate about their, their road to recovery because it worked for them. And everybody believes that is the way. Don't discount any way. Every way is a good way. 
anything that, that is positive and a lifestyle change that leads to positive behaviors, it's, whether it's reading, whether it's meditation, whether it's art, whether it's church, whether it's 12-step, with smart recovery, I don't care what it is. Reach out and get the help and, and take what works and leave the rest. Always look for the similarities because it's super easy to roll into a room of any kind and be like, nope, 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 nope. But if you look for something that really, you know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous was written in 1939. And I can find things in that book today that I identify with. I just have to make it my own. You know, there's a story in there called The Businessman. Two hours before the biggest deal of his life, he's drunk, pounding on the bar. How did I get here? I'm not at a bar two hours before my biggest deal. However, the way that relates to me today is, you know, when I have a family event coming up, this was my catalyst of getting sober, I'd start eating pills two weeks beforehand. Like, who does that? Why, why couldn't I just wait? And so that is my businessman. So there's always something to relate to. Don't discount what anyone else has to say, but also just as importantly, don't discount what you have to offer somebody, right? Whether you're sober 10 minutes, 10 years or 10 days, but you have something to offer somebody because I'll tell you this, when I got into that program, I didn't want to talk to the dudes with 10 years, with five years. I, I thought they were lying. If, if, if they made it, they were so out of touch with me. I wanted to talk with that dude with 30 days, with yeah. two weeks. Like, how'd you do that, man? How do you, why do you keep coming back here? What is the attraction? Right now, eventually, of course, I wanted to talk to those old timers, as we call them, and, and get their yeah. knowledge. But, but just just get the help you need. There's no shame in that. I, I I promise you, man. You'll you'll find a freedom you've never experienced. Well, that's that's good stuff, Dan. I, yeah, man, man. I don't think uh, you could have put it any better. And uh, recovery fan, that winds it up for episode uh, number nine. Yeah, I believe it's number nine of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. I hope today's episode has shined some type of hope and encouragement for you. And don't forget that you can always join the recovery conversation with us on Twitter. You can find us at Unashamed Podcast. That is Unashamed Podcast. And also use the hashtag Recovery Posse to connect with thousands, and I mean thousands of others in the recovery community on Twitter. Want to be a guest on the show like Dan or simply tell us how we are doing or ask a question, you can send us an email at unashamedpodcast at yahoo.com. And that is unashamedpodcast at yahoo.com. And Dan, if somebody wants to reach out to you or maybe book you to be on a somebody else's uh, recovery podcast or maybe to speak at a recovery group, what is a great way that they can get in touch with you so I appreciate that. They can go to caldwellcounselingcenter.net. That's C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L, counselingcenter.net. All my contact information is on there. Great. And guys, please take advantage of that. That's a great resource. And with that, y'all, uh, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for your continued support of the podcast. And I hope you all continue to stay sober. And until next time, I love y'all. And remember to be unashamed. All right.